Hello and welcome to LINK, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, knowledge, and global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. This new and improved podcast channel will cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. In this episode, Editor-in-Chief Marina Mayer talks with Ken Adamo, Chief of Analytics with DAT Solutions, to discuss the current state of the freight and transportation industry and what the future looks like post-COVID-19. Let's link to Marina and Ken's conversation now. Hello, my name is Marina Mayer. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. And I'm here with Ken Adamo, the Chief Analytics of DAT Solutions. Hello, Ken, how are you? I'm doing great, how about you? Doing well. So one of the things I want to talk about today is the trends and statistics behind freight and transportation. So DAT kind of came out with a a report, and one of the things that they talk about in this report is about the spot market and how it's starting to show early signs of a rebound. Kind of what do you attribute this rebound to? So when we look at the spot market for transportation, it is very heavily um, driven by short-term supply and demand. So the contract market, which is a much larger piece of the transportation market, moves a lot more slowly, um, and there's a lot of more macro uh, push there. What we see in the spot market is it's very sensitive to what's happening right now. And just as we saw March shoot up due to restocking of essential goods at grocery stores, um, and then April collapsed back down with social distancing, as states have started to reopen, as produce harvests have started to happen in the South um, and coming across the border from Mexico, we started to see those that increased demand uh, for shipping uh, drive rates upward. And this is a trend that's been going on for a couple of weeks now. So, you know, on the reefer side, we've seen a more pronounced upward trend. And on the dry van side, we've seen more of a kind of a bounce off the bottom, if you will. Okay. So the current state of the freight and transportation industry, let's kind of discuss that further. What is, what does that look like right now? So it's, you know, kind of, it's not low rates kind of, it's not really a great time to be a carrier in this market, right? So they, they, um, they sort of feel the brunt of rates when they come down this quickly um, into these low of levels. But I think largely when we look across the entire supply chain, um, the supply chain is functioning. So we were able, we, we saw the supply chain able to handle that surge up in March um, as things kind of really slowed down in April, kind of all of the mechanisms that we typically see, whether that be trucks being pulled off the road or kind of brought in for maintenance or just generally sidelined. We saw reports of insurance being suspended to sort of modulate the amount of capacity in the market relative to the demand. Um, you know, on the shipper side, there's this, push to become ever the more efficient. You know, when there's, in times like this, when things slow down, there's this sense of efficiency, um, you know, improving things at your dock, operations at your dock and at your distribution centers, and really investing in anticipating the next change in the market. Volatility is usually a time when shippers, carriers, and brokers alike really invest in um, those forward-looking technologies whether it be rate forecasting, benchmarking, any sort of planning or network optimization softwares. These, these are great times to tune up your truck, but then also sort of tune up your tech portfolio as well. So then how does something like 
the COVID-19 pandemic, how would that, how does that impact freight and transportation overall? You know, it's a startling realization when I had, I had when I started in freight is that you know, pretty much everything arrives on the back of a truck or on a train or ultimately from a boat. So, I mean, kind of the heart of our economy really is transportation. And anytime there's a large demand disruption, if you think about it in a, in a micro sense, when a hurricane barrels down on a coastal city, that's sort of a microcosm for what's going on nationwide and frankly worldwide right now. Um, you know, supply chains are having to reinvent themselves all the time. It's not just COVID. It's, if you look at brokers, it's the advent of digital freight brokerage. If you look at um, carriers, it's the ELD mandate a couple of years ago, kind of a technological and regulatory disruption. So supply chains have sort of gotten used to the constant state of flux. Uh, but with COVID in particular, there's just so many issues that impact the industry in different ways. PPE for truckers, the hours of service. I think we could spend time, you know, we could probably spend an entire podcast talking about how unintended consequence of the hours of service uh, rule, temporary rule changes, how that adds extra capacity. Kind of technically it adds extra capacity to the market, which accelerates rates downward um, if there's more hours to be driven. So it's a very, you know, the butterfly effect, if you will, is very prevalent in freight. And I think that's why it's very important to understand or at least plan for as many of the kind of reactions to all of the actions that you're taking. Interesting. So, you know, studies show that significant parts of the trucking industry are banking on the produce season um, to deliver enough freight volume to sustain operations. Why is that? Why the produce sector, sector in particular? So especially on the refrigerated side, and you know, even depending on weather and depending on what the particular product is, it could be dry bands. It's a very cyclical um, time of year. So much like the way that Christmas tree farms really rely on Christmas to make their year, um, produce season is really the, the peak time of the year for a lot of these shippers. So some of them are seasonal carriers, but most of them aren't. You know, they're, they're really using this time to, to really kind of make their year. Um, but it's, it's very important and it's sort of a bellwether for how um, healthy the demand is for consumer freight, especially the grocery type freight kind of downstream. And this year is very interesting because it's timing. We, we think about this as we're coming off a down cycle in freight. And what, by, what I mean by that is 2018 was kind of a peak in freight rate, largely driven by the ELT mandate, but rates have been coming down with sort of as capacity kind of overbuilt for about 18 months, let's just say 12 to 18 months. So we were expecting this spring to be a major inflection point in rates and kind of coinciding with produce season, coinciding with just the general spring shipping season. If you think about patio furniture and grills going to Home Depot or Lowe's, that's why we expected it to really be an acceleration upwards. Now with COVID, it's really kind of thrown a monkey wrench into that. So a lot of folks are looking at produce as one, a bellwether for normalcy, kind of a very typical count on it every year seasonal trend. But two, how is it going to react in the time of COVID? How is the new normal going to sort of instill itself in a time that should be very familiar to us? Um, and I will say that one of the, one of the interesting things on the drive van side is, and especially if you look at like parcel, we look at the retail shipping peak in the fall to sort of be their main gauge and bellwether for demand and how sort of are things working as normal. 
So again, it's sort of that sort of, it's that thing we can always relate back to, to judge how this year is shaping up compared to prior years. Well, and that's interesting you say that because I've seen some other reports where they've compared the last like month to a Black Friday and how they've done like five times over what they would have done shipping wise in a, in a Black Friday. And that just, to me, just is just insane. Yes, yeah, wild. I, I come from one of the larger uh, parcel carriers um, in the country. And I just remember peak, it's like nothing can relate to the volume. You know, you can't relate any, you, there's no other month you can relate to that sort of two month period that is peak, and especially yeah. with e-commerce. E-commerce has sort of thrown fuel on that fire, so to speak. Right, right. It's just, it's just crazy to comprehend that. Um, right. So what do you see as the future of freight and transportation and what does the recovery, so to speak, look like post COVID-19? So I think those are two distinct um, questions. I think the first is, and it's sort of cliche, right? The only constant has been change. The industry, it seems like kind of anecdotally and empirically is getting more volatile. The cycles are shortening, right? Whereas we may have used to see an 18 to 24 month kind of up and down in the freight markets. We maybe are only seeing 12 to 18 months now or shorter. So there's volatility, there's uncertainty. And sort of, I think the future is going to be largely one, if you will, or dominated by companies that sort of rise above the sensationalism and the reactionary nature of it all. And they're able to put better plans in place. They're able to invest in tools and technology to manage that uncertainty um, and to sort of, I hate to use the word take advantage of it, but to understand when it's coming, to understand how it's going to impact your business and react in the best possible way. Interesting. And then from so, a recovery standpoint, you know, we talked about the fact that we were expecting macro recovery in the freight space anyway. And if you take kind of the short-term shock of COVID out and think about the longer-term macroeconomic impact of COVID, I think that will largely um, kind of put kind of a ceiling on the extent to which we recover. I do think we will still see longer-term recovery coming out of this cycle in freight rates, but I do think that um, any sort of depressed economic impact of COVID will uh, stunt it, if you will. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, these aren't real numbers. We would have expected to grow freight rates over the next 12 to 18 months by 15%. We may only see 8 to 10% as a result of the economic stunting that COVID is going to cause. Hmm. So do you foresee it maybe like in a year or eight months? You know, how quickly are, are companies able to kind of turn things around? I think we're already seeing really positive signs in the refrigerated space as states start to reopen as restaurants. We've heard from a couple large shippers that even, so an, an interesting anecdote is that uh, hot dog kind of consumption usually peaks with the opening day of baseball. It's an interesting right. stat, kind of what you would expect. But we've heard from a lot of shippers that they've, they, they've seen the typical, maybe not as high of a peak, but they've seen it peak. And then they've seen it continue as people are consuming. Now, there's some long-term implications about margin, right? The grocery margin may not be as high as the commercial food service margin. But um, it's just sort of the, the, the way in which things are adapting. And, you know, we've heard that restaurants are getting really good at takeout and drive up. So, you know, those are all things that are going to be very important to watch to understand sort of the near term. Now, I mentioned retail shipping peak because I think that's the next big 
kind of mileage marker, I like to call it, that you we need to think about because produce will come and go, spring shipping will come and go. We'll get into those dog days of summer, sort of post 4th of July. August is typically a pretty indifferent month, uh, for lack of a better term, for freight. Um, but we're really going to be looking for that um, November-ish time frame where how are customers going to the stores and using e-commerce? Are they spending money? Is there bullish demand there to generate um, freight, for lack of a better term? Yeah, because that's also an interesting point. I've, I've seen some studies where, um, you know, they say that this has kind of forever changed how consumers shop, both for groceries and just in general. Um, so they're, you know, they've gotten conditioned to, hey, I can just order it online and have it delivered to my house. And I don't need to go anywhere. And, and, and they're kind of comfortable with that. So I don't know if you have any outlook as to, um, you know, how that partakes into the future of freight and transportation. Yeah, I think of e-commerce as sort of taking this toy box and just dumping it out and then kind of just perennially doing that almost every year. There's something, if you look at like the, the giant e-commerce out there, right, not mentioning them by name, but it seems like everything they do seeks to reinvent whatever industry they're interested in at the moment, right? You know, they purchase the DHL hub outside of Cincinnati and start, you know, leasing airplanes and they have their own power units. And then I'm literally stopped in my tracks. You can tell I'm a freight guy. I'm stopped in my tracks seeing rail cars with their logo, right? Going back in a, in a backhaul direction. So to me, these are all things of like, you have to really be in it to be like, to be in, you have to be a transportation minded focus to think about repositioning empty trailers on a rail car. That's not something you're doing just to say you're doing it. Right. So I think e-commerce is always pushing the envelope. Um, and then you have this whole thing about like the gig economy. I mean, it's, it's become second nature for us to order something online, like a, a toothbrush. You might buy a pack of 12, but you kind of get the drift. But right. to think like things like Instacart or um, Uber Eats, once you've kind of experienced that convenience, I don't know, to your point, that you put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know what I mean? It's Yeah. It's convenient and it, um, you know, the supply chain, there's just this constant change, this constant evolution. I think e-commerce has been fueling that engine. I think now the gig type businesses are accelerating some of that, but I don't think we're done on the e-commerce side. I mean, I think there's going to be continued things pushing. I don't know that it's going to be drone delivery, but um, as these big e-commerce giants determine like transportation is a big line item on their, on their expense report. And if that's the way they're going to go toe to toe with the big box, they're going to innovate. Yeah. And I'm super excited to see like what that brings. And that's the, the longer horizon, you know, 18 to 24 months from now. I'm excited to see what they come up with. Interesting. So is there anything you think that would be pertinent to our listeners that we haven't covered yet on freight transportation? So I think the one thing that, we speak a lot about and we feel adamantly about is the, the need sort of for up and down chain transparency and the way that how that can benefit all players, whether you're a shipper, a broker, a carrier, um, sort of even a, a vested interest industry observer, the sense that transactions are happening faster, the handshake between a shipper and a carrier, or a broker, we see it on our own load board is happening quicker, more digitally, less interpersonal. So arming yourself with the information, um, understanding how the market works, and not necessarily how to use it to your advantage, but to make sure that things aren't happening to you as much as you're controlling how you, re, you know, the way that you respond to them. We're seeing those are the players that are coming out with far more success than folks just passively letting, letting the market happen to them. Interesting. Um, and I think 
if you look at like mergers and acquisitions in the past few years in the freight market, or if you look at just sort of all of the general trend, if you did a word cloud of like articles written about kind of innovations in freight, you're, that's what you're going to hear. Efficiency, freight matching, digitization, um, automated pricing. Um, you know, those are the things that I think that stand out and will separate companies from the pack moving forward. Okay. Wonderful. Well, tons of great information. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me today. And um, thank you to all of our listeners. It was great having me on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you to Ken Adamo, Chief of Analytics with DAT Solutions, for taking the time to talk with us today. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday to Link, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, knowledge, and global supply chain intelligence.